it's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-aged kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. Sometimes we make decisions with our kids on how we think our kids are going to feel in the first 10 minutes versus thinking about 10 months or 10 years. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience that person. Yeah. Here are your hosts. David and Danita Bailey. Well, good evening and welcome to School Days Help for Moms and Dads of School-Aged Kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I'm David Bailey. Research shows that students who study music show improved math and reading scores, greater concentration and confidence. But more and more, we're seeing a trend that music and arts education is being edged out of schools in favor of greater concentration on core subjects. Well, proficiency in math, science, and reading are, of course, vital to future success, but what will be the cost of the elimination of arts from a generation of children? So, Dave, you were musically trained. Yes, I was. Growing up. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, first, let's go back to elementary school. So, back in elementary school, we had the round container with the mystery liquid and the recorder. You know, the recorders, and they would, to, I guess, to clear off the spit or whatever, they would put them in there. I don't know how sanitary that was. Now I think about it. <laughs> Wait, the round containers with the... It was like a bucket, and they have all the recorders in there, and they put them in after class. And Anyway. Oh. Yeah. That's okay, how, we didn't that's get how, to see that. Yeah. So uh, so I learned on the recorder first. I tried... Sorry, Rondi. I tried piano for about a week or two, and I, I just kind of gave up on that. <laughs> Um, it just I don't know what happened there, but I didn't. Sorry. Uh, then in fourth grade, I uh, received a trumpet. Mm. And from fourth grade until I graduated from high school, I played uh, trumpet. And in high school, everybody was in the same band up until ninth grade. And then in ninth grade, I got the tryout for the so there was symphonic band and there was the wind ensemble. The wind ensemble played the more difficult music. And uh, I made the wind ensemble, <laughs> and so uh, we uh, played uh, pretty pretty challenging music. And uh, then uh, graduated, and then I kind of just faded away. And I kept my trumpet with me until somebody, <clears throat> um, y'all, look, let me tell you something. My wife gave away my trumpet. And how long had it been since you had played it? Oh. 15, 20 years, but that's not and the point. where was it being housed? I don't know. My parents' garage. Oh, yes. And they were was. getting ready to move, and they said, y'all, come get your stuff. Yes. <laughs> See, but people, what you don't know is that I was, and still am and will, my dream one day is to go to a jazz club and to play jazz trumpet. But now we have to buy a new trumpet because the one I had was sold by my wife. How much, how much was it, 30 bucks? Did I actually sell it or yeah. did I just give it away? No, it was, no, yeah, no, it was, no, I think it sold it for like 30 bucks. This was like pre five mile and Facebook marketplace. So I don't know that I actually, no, I think it was a garage sale it. or something. Oh, yeah. well, that's right. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we paid $400 for that. So you owe me like $370 back. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I was a salty on that. Yeah. So that was my, now you played a little bit of something, something yourself, right? Do we have time to talk about me? I mean, I didn't realize you had such a well, vast. 
Yes. Musical life. I, I'm, a, I'm a musical person. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. I did play the clarinet. Yes. In uh, junior high? Yeah, it was in junior high. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you quit? Well, I didn't want to play marching band. Or I didn't want to be in the marching band. You should have joined so, concert band like I did. I, I didn't know that that was. Apparently, it was not that big a deal. But once oh. I found out I was going to have to be in the marching band, if I continued on, then I was no longer very excited about it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there's something else I want to do, but I'm going to save that for later on in the show. You're gonna? Shit. Did you buy a trumpet and you're gonna play it for us? No, <laughs> no. I, I got some, something, some, but I don't want to take up the whole intro here. So I'll reserve that for later. Okay. Well, excellent. Maybe as we exit, as we leave. There we go. <laughs> Hang right. on, people. You will hear something you haven't heard before on school days. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, yeah. You should be afraid. Very afraid. Everybody that's <laughs> listening. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go, get on with the show. Before we go any further, let me just say it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, link it in and add the hashtag school days show and hashtag I am school days. And also we do want you to be a part of the show. So if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 214 214- Four 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 five five seven five. Or if you're one of the pe- seven people I see now that are live with us on Facebook, you can drop us a question there and we'll do our very best to get to you as soon as we can. So today we have invited really good friends of ours on the show. First of all, we have Rondi Allen and she is the owner and master instructor of the Rondi Ad- Allen Studio of Music and L. Michael Scott who is the founder and managing partner of Basic Studios in Houston, Texas. So welcome to both of you guys. Hello. Thank you you for having us. Yes. I am excited. So Rondi, um, I have known Rondi since we were both pregnant with our, her last kid and my first. And uh, so let's see, they're 13 now, almost 13. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've, we've known each other for a while, and she's been hounding me, kind of, um, to do an episode about music education and the impact on academics. So and I so finally, has your husband. And yes, you have been, too. For over a year. Yes. So and you ignored me. We've finally gotten around to it. And then uh, you're Michael's- wel- You're welcome. Yes. And then Michael, Michael and I went to uh, college together um, at the University of Houston. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Thanks. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know you were L. Michael Scott then. Were you L. Michael Scott then? I was on the cool. Nobody really knew that. Though. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how you get older and you get grown, you change your life. Right. Well, and you're a all... recording artist now. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, L. Michael Scott sounds real cool. It does. It just has this just flow to it. It's, it sounds like you need to record something. <laughs> right. But that's not my stage name, though, but that's that's a different story. It oh, should, it should wait, be. No, no, we got to hear that. What is your stage name? You're going to like this one. It's Misco Mente. Aww. Yeah, we used to call Michael Misco because his name is Michael Scott. So it was those two names put together. <laughs> right. You're one of the few people that know that name. So. Oh, yeah. And me and, uh, and uh, Margaret. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, y'all tell us a little bit about your background. Um, David has told us all about his childhood background. So we want to hear. Well, well, most, of, to- most of it, I've got something for later on, but I'll save that for later. Okay. So we want people. We want to hear, you know, your background as a child and as, uh, as educators and as music educators. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. 
Okay, well, I um, started playing piano at the age of three, which it's actually, it's now it's common. I do, I teach kids at age three um, very often nowadays, but it really wasn't common back uh, back in the day, but I have a, an uncle who was studying to get his music degree at the time. And that's how I ended up in music lessons. Um, so I took lessons and I excelled in it. And it was something that I really loved all the way through elementary and junior high. And, um, I was really blessed to go to a small Christian school that really excelled with the arts. And so I was able to do a lot with the arts there with them, um, choirs and ensembles and accompanying them, um, already learning how to lead worship, um, and just a whole lot of a whole lot of other things competitively and whatnot then. So after college, I will actually let me back up. I um, I will tell you, I had an amazing teacher in high school, an amazing teacher, and he really, really threw the love of music into me and inspired me to do this for the rest of my life as a job. Mm -hmm. And he started uh, mentoring me by giving me a few of his students to teach. And that would be about 15 or 16 years old. So I started to learn how to teach from him. Um, So I went on um, to the University of North Texas, um, where I studied piano performance and um, a minor in education as well. Uh, And there I continued teaching. I taught a lot of the other music majors who needed to pass their piano proficiencies. (laughs) And um, upon graduation, got married and started uh, my business, which is the studio of music. And, um, and we started growing from there. Um, and so I right now I'm affiliated with Music Teachers National Association, um, the International um, Guild of Pianists, as well as I got my certification for to be a nationally certified teacher of music. So I've had the blessing to be able to do what I'm passionate about um, my entire life. Who so, knew? Oh I'm excited that, to be able to be on here and share. Go on ahead with your bad self. <laughs> I do want to also say to my students that are listening, I, t- I promised I would give a shout out <laughs> to them. Um, love you guys. And it's a joy to get to teach you every single week. Oh, that's oh, very look at sweet. That. That's precious. <laughs> Uh, Rondi, you also have a background as a, it's a, you're a behavioral therapist. So you yes, have kind ma'am. of a unique um, do. Uh, POV on this as well. I do. I have, I also obtained um, my certification as a, an applied behavioral analysis, behavioral therapist. So I have worked a lot with children with autism and other behavioral disorders um, in and out of the studio. So mm-hmm. I have worked with them one-on-one as a therapist. Um, and I get a lot of children with special needs in my studio because, um, sadly, a lot are not able to find success with teachers that aren't really, um, used to or willing to work with those that also come with behavioral needs. So I've gotten the privilege to be able to help a lot of these children learn music and flourish in it. Awesome. And I'm going to ask you more about that um, later, because we definitely want to know about 
children with special needs and the benefits of music. Um, but let me um, ask Michael to give us a little bit of information about himself. So my background, you know, I've always loved music since a little kid. I called myself trying to sing when I was about eight, nine, ten. I was teased to into submission for a while. <laughs> so I, I left it alone. Um, but in the fifth grade, my mom, um, they, they, actually in the fourth grade, my mom put me into an academy. Uh, I, grew, I grew up in Garland, Texas, not far from New York. And, um, and so when I went to the sixth grade to Austin Academy, she said, uh, hey, Mike, you want to be in the band? Mm. <laughs> and so that was about how the story started. And I tried saxophone. I wanted to do saxophone, but they ran out. So I ended up being in percussion. I hear that and all I, the time. They ran out. They <laughs> so ran this out. This wasn't yeah. my first choice of instrument. Yeah, there's eight eight saxophonists, and I was number ten. So I missed. <laughs> and so Sorry. And I got in as number six out of eight percussionists, and that was probably one of the most instrumental points, no pun intended, of my life, because you know I ended up doing it for a lifetime. So. Started in the band. I went middle school, high school. I was an honors band orchestra for four years at Garland High School. Came to U of H and um, ended up going into the business school, though. You know, I had an opportunity to choose. In hindsight, maybe I would have done something different. But uh, what ended up happening is that I started uh, in a gospel choir. And so Danita met me around Good that news, time. Good news, gospel choir. Good news, yeah. Shout out. And so, um, you know, the gentleman there who I consider my my mentor, my musical mentor, a father of sorts, he, he passed away some years ago now, but Dwayne Davis taught me a lot about just self-confidence and, and being aware of myself. When he learned that I played percussion, he gave me some sheet music one day. He said, you read music, right? I said, well, yeah, but I wasn't trained classically in piano, right? And so I was in the percussion studio at U of H for a year, but never piano. And so he said, well, tell me how you do with that. And I came back about two, three weeks later. That's how long it took me. <laughs> and I gave him the music. I said, I think I can do something. And I played through it kind of roughly, but not bad. He said, great. You're going to play that on Saturday for us. You're crazy. <laughs> you know, I thought he had lost his mind. And he had. But he trusted <laughs> me enough <laughs> to, to lead or to play for the choir. You know, and that's where I got started really playing the piano and kind of grew and learned from there. So my actual uh, background, though, my career started in teaching. I taught language arts. I taught math, science things like that, middle school mostly, some elementary, and now I mentor boys for a living full-time um, at a, a nonprofit in Houston called the Urban Enrichment Institute. So they're 12 to 19-year-old boys, but youth has been always a part of my calling. So the business side, the music side, and all that have come together to where we were able to start a studio. I actually started teaching music at my job uh, 12 years ago, almost 13 years ago, and that passion continued to grow. And so I still teach today, and we're trying to do more to impact more students. Awesome. You know, Michael, I found it very uniquely interesting that the both of us uh, started on this path because somebody kind of threw us in there and said, <laughs> I believe in you. Right. Absolutely. And isn't that our job as, as teachers and as music instructors? All it really is. Yes. You're absolutely right. Mm hmm. Well, you're hitting on one of the benefits I wanted to talk about, uh, the mentor aspect of of uh, teaching music. And kind of how how does that work for you guys? You guys are you have such a, um, a wonderful opportunity to impact positively children, and some some I'm sure that you've seen have kind of been a little wayward, and maybe music has turned them around. Can y'all tell us a little bit about that? Mm. Shall I go first? Go for it. All right, I'll take it this time. So mm -hmm. I have two quick stories. One, when I taught sixth grade language arts at Hogg Middle School, 
I had a young man named Julian. I love Julian. And he, uh, later on, he was diagnosed with ADHD. Now that touches my heart now because as an adult, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And my brother back, from like, another man, mother. I'm sorry. That, so am up? I. So, yes. Me too. Well, you, <laughs> well, you feel me then. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. And, and if I had known 30 years ago or whatever, <laughs> my, my, my. Did something yes. different. That, that'll be another episode. Yes, we'll talk about that later. That's another episode. Right? <laughs> That's another episode for sure. But anywho, this young man, he was a, he was not a problem child per se, but he had so much energy. He didn't know how to deal with it, right? And so I ended up really, he was in my drum line when I first started teaching. I started the drum line my second year as a teacher after school. And, uh, and he came a, a part of that in my fourth year. And he really thrived in it. It gave him an outlet. And it gave him a chance to build a relationship with me to where I could calm him down. I was able to kind of speak more into his life. So he was a big, big story on that end. And on the other side of the spectrum, I have a young lady who's now a freshman at LSU. I met her when she was eight years old, right? And got a chance to teach her. And she turned into a multiple threat. You know, she could dance, sing, play saxophone, tennis, volleyball, track, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And she now produces and stuff. But more, more so now, she, she just has a lot of those skills that come from from being disciplined and, and using her talents and everything. I think she's got like 30,000 followers or something crazy on Instagram wow. right now. And so she's getting, you know, some kind of check, I'm sure. Shout out to Nia. What's up, Nia? <laughs> the Paul family. Nia, so if you're watching, reshare this. <laughs> that again? I said, Nia, if you're watching, reshare this so we can Absolutely. get some more listeners. Is <laughs> it Rondi? Okay, well, um, first I want to explain that at the Studio of Music, we are, the majority of what we do is individual private lessons. So it's a unique um, a unique job to be able to work one-on-one -on -one with a student and repetitively over the years. So I've had students that I've taught from age three all the way until they graduated from high school. Mm. Um, I've had some that have gone on to study music and I've had one that's come back and has taught um, under, under me um, here at the studio of music. So it's been really cool. I know that makes me sound so old, but <laughs> it's a, it's a really cool thing to see. Um, one story I would give is, you know, because we're one-on-one -on -one with these kids, we get to hear, we become confidants, you know, we get yes. to hear everything that made them upset at school that day or what's going on at home and, and all of these things. And I had one student, um, through the early middle school years, um, was dealing with some conflict at home and, um, became suicidal oh, and, um, you know, mom and dad were reaching out and getting him all the help that he needed. However, what pulled him through was his music. Mm. And he would, he would tell me about it and he would tell them about it. And he would play for hours because it lifted his spirit. Yep. Mm. Um, and that was what helped him with his depression the most. And I will say now he's grown. <laughs> he's an adult now and he's just fine and he's thriving with his music. So mm -hmm. that does make a teacher very proud. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's very, very much a part of the job to, uh, to work with these kiddos through their life's ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what changes happen in the brain when you study music that helps students perform better academically? I know that um, from the scientific side of it, you know, music is one of those disciplines that 
highlights both sides of the brain. You know, it, it involves the, just listening to music involves your motor cortex, your visual, your auditory cortex, cortices in your brain. Um, but as you learn to play an instrument, now you're processing with both sides of your brain simultaneously. And so that allows you to build stronger connections across the brain, uh, brain hemispheres. Absolutely. Those synapses are formed. And um, I'm just going to mention a few of the specifics uh, benefits that um, I'd like to let the parents know about when they're looking for their children. Um, uh, it's absolutely uh, seen universally that there is a benefit somehow between music and mathematics. Mm. Um, and somehow studying music, what that does to your brain, it is very much transferred over mathematically. Uh, there's also a very strong correlation between music and languages. Um, I like to tell my students when I'm improvising at the piano, I'm speaking a language, you know, mm -hmm. my language is music. And from that, we find students do very, very well in their foreign language classes mm. because of, of music. So we have enhanced language capabilities. And that also goes for in their English classes as well. Mm -hmm. um, improved in memory because they begin to learn how to use their memory in music and they can use that for any class that they take. Strengthen hand-eye coordination. And I will give a little little asterisk to denote obviously this is for an instrument and not for choral singing or vocal singing mm -hmm. um, but it does improve hand-eye coordination it gives us some really powerful study habits it develops teamwork and lastly mental processing and problem solving is heightened mm -hmm. um, and one of the really cool things that I've seen with many of my students is that they have an increased sense of confidence. Mm. Um, they're used to sharing their music, getting on the stage at a young age, being able to play in front of people, their sense of self, their sense of um, personal uh, accomplishment is much higher than kids that do not take part in the arts. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I... I sing on a worship team. I do not play an instrument um, because they don't need a clarinet, <laughs> nor can I play the clarinet anymore. Um, but I've always been in awe of um, people who can sing and play because yeah. it's just hard enough for me to, you know, lead a solo and make sure I'm not sounding crazy. But at the same time, we've got, you know, like our worship pastor is um, singing and he's leading, you know, giving cues to the band. And then he's also, you know, playing the guitar. And I mean, I, I at one point tried to, Dave, you remember, I tried to teach myself to play the keyboard. For one piano. week. It wasn't a week. Two weeks. It might have been three weeks. Okay, two, two, okay, we'll compromise. Two, we'll compromise. Two and a half weeks, you taught yourself the piano, and now it's been sitting here collecting dust ever since. But yeah, you didn't on. ask Rondi at all, right? Well, why didn't you say something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. I did not want to get. I do not need y'all's persecution. Um, but I was. My point is. <laughs> we'll talk Wait, about waste, that later. That's some more wasted money too, by the way. Yeah, it was wasted. I need, money. I need a refund on that too. My point was, is that I was trying to actually teach myself to, instead of just playing chords, I was actually trying to teach myself to actually read the music because I, I can kind of still read music. Uh, but 
it was enough to just try to, you know, read the music and, you know, play the notes, let alone at some point having to sing with that. So um, I said all that to say, you know, we're talking about the brain developing and, you know, there's studies that talk about the larger growth of neural activity in musicians, Mm -hmm. neuroscientists say, and that the left side of the brain is involved more and it develops more. Um, But I can see why, because it's, it's such multitasking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's so much you have to think about. Can I highlight one thing that you said there was, um, Michael, you'll probably agree with me here. The key that you said was, I tried to teach myself. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, well. I just just a little bit of a plug for us teachers out there. Um, just as I would really struggle teaching myself calculus mm. <laughs> from a, an advanced Cal book, everyone who tries to teach themselves piano or tries to seek out how to do it on YouTube or some type of a book that says learn piano in, um, you know, a week or two. Um, it is really, really important to seek out the professionals. And luckily, every most every school at least still now has a music educator, mm-hmm. a music edu- educator in, um, on staff. Yeah. yeah. For the record, Rondi and I live an hour away from one another. And this was before, <laughs> this was before, before Zoom, I, before Zoom became a huge teaching. thing. Yes, exactly. That's why I didn't ask you, but mm-hmm. we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> You're off the hook then for that. You're off the hook. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I, I'd love to find out about how the introduction and you talked both both of you talked about, you know, just teaching um, kids that are really young and and being somebody who is taught music really young. What is the the benefit of music music education on early childhood as far as how does that impact them academically once they get into school? Mm-hmm. Well, as they you know, the brain develops faster in young children, and then it starts to slow down the older we get. Um, And those brain synapses, which are the connections from neuron to neuron, um, those brain synapses are really still being formed in young children. So um, just as you might have been told, a young child can learn a second language much more easily than an adult would trying to do the same. It's the same with music. Um, They're able to learn faster and become more adept um, the younger they are. And uh, for that, that's why I I have a preschool program um, specifically for threes, fours, and fives um, that really incorporates, they are learning the piano. It's not a kinder music type of thing. They're learning the keys, but with little characters like Beethoven Bear and Mozart Mouse that are entertaining for them. But I have seen some three-year-olds do some amazing things. Wow. I will will say to echo what she was uh, describing is that between the ages of one and five, if you look at the neuroscience, there's more growth in that period of time than almost for the rest of your entire life, which is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, hats off to you, Rondi, because I've taught it. My youngest was a three and a half year old, and that was (laughs) the toughest thing I've ever done in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't even make it through the first 30 minutes. It was only a 15 minute lesson at first, you know, (laughs) but after about six weeks, that, that little girl had stressed herself. She learned an alphabet and all that because they're not even reading in some cases. At three, right. 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 Yeah. So. The curriculum is a pre-reading curriculum. Mm-hmm. So um, they're learning everything without having the ability to actually read text. Think about that. Mm-hmm. They like, learn to wow. read music first before they 
learn to read text. It's pretty cool. Wow. And what, mm-hmm. you know, some of the things I'm imagining they're learning that are going to cross over when they get into kindergarten or pre-K is pattern recognition, yeah. they're learning counting, learning to listen, which is something right. that, yeah. I mean, got in, and, and to sit. sit nice. Exactly. And still, mm-hmm. right? My number um, one. Oh, numbers, oh, I, oh, only, we only count to eight in music, but <laughs> <laughs> still numbers in alphabet, at least through G. Right. <laughs> I tell my young men at my job, my full-time, that the number one skill, I ask them, what is it? And they'll say several things, but I say listening is probably the number one skill you can have. And that definitely does help when when you're talking about music. There's so many things, just translating the symbols into meaning. That's that's reading at its Mm -hmm. finest level, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. It touches everything. Music touches every area of cognition in my opinion. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Quick shout out to the, uh, our li- listeners online or our viewers online. They, they are talking a lot. We would love to answer your questions. If you have any, they're, they're really just kind of the peanut gallery making comments here. We've got some <laughs> people from U of H and, uh, I see you Daryl from, um, TCAL. <laughs> so anyway, if you guys have any questions, feel free to drop them there and we'll answer them. Okay. So here's a question that I would love to ask being the math person that i am is how does music education improve math skills specifically yeah and rondi talked ooh. a little bit about that ooh. and so i was like ooh, ooh, i'm gonna have to ask her about that later so i'm glad you brought that up so i will i will let rondi no no okay. it's yours michael go for it well i'll tell a story she's gonna have she's the facts lady can you tell she's the, <laughs> the uh, analyst over here but in my uh, experience when i was in the sixth grade i was actually starting to struggle a little bit with math you know and i've always loved math it was my favorite subject for quite the time growing up but fractions were starting to give me problems and when i started music i mean think about it a quarter note right mm-hmm. it's telling me exactly what that means and when i took that information i was like wait a second and it kind of two and two became five almost, right? Like I took the quarter note and understood half note. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So a whole, mm-hmm. like a whole fractions, blah, blah, blah. It just revolutionized, revolutionized the way I was processing my math class. And so just on that basic level, sequencing, counting, pattern recognition, all those things that you see in math with the logical mathematical skills is evident in music. And I approach music from a, a theorist type of a standpoint. Like I'm not as much as, I am creative obviously now, but I approached it when I was younger from like, you know, there's a specificity to it. There are right and wrong answers in math. Two plus two is always four. That's why I liked it, right? And music has that element inside of it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree with him. I would absolutely agree. Um, just in, as Michael was speaking earlier on to using both sides of the brain uh, when we're playing music, especially when we're reading music. I know as musicians sometimes, well, we improv, sometimes we mm-hmm. play by ear, sometimes we, you know, there's different kinds of, but when we're reading music, that is when we're really exercising the portion of the brain that also is used for math. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's beneficial to do some sight reading. You know, uh, as we're talking about this, um, now my wife doesn't know this yet. She's, she's going to learn right now. Uh, well, I've been very fascinated and this is a little bit off, but it's really not. Um, you know, I've always loved hip hop. I've always loved rap for years, and um, there, there, there's a creative component to it 
um, there is a rhythmic component to it. There's a lyrical component to it. It's you know poetry over over music. And um, I was watching a video on the. It was from an academic stand a standpoint of like the art of how to create rap. And I was watching it. And I was like, wait a minute. All this is is rhymed lyrics over a rhythm or a bar. And then I thought, wait, this is just mathematical patterns. And um, some people don't know, but you're about to know. I, I love, uh, I, I love listening to you know, great rappers, but I really, I particularly am fascinated by Eminem and how he how he plays with words over beats. And he's a genius. Yeah, he. I mean, just yeah, he, he blows me away. No, <laughs> kind of foul sometimes, but I like his music. I ain't gonna lie. But <laughs> but anyway, but I was looking at. It, I'm like, wait a minute, this is just math. All this is is math over a beat. And so I was like, you know what? I think I can rap, y'all. <laughs> Wait, you? You're going to become a rapper? Yes, because all it is is math. And MC Davey Dave. No, I, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> no it will not be that. Um, that's not it. Yeah, right. That is, that's, that's not it. Okay, we can work on his rapper right, right, right. <laughs> right. But, right. but, but, but my point is, to your point, guys, is, is that um, this is in a different context, but it's very mathematical. Um, and how it teaches you how to break up rhythms and 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 how to work with one force and three force and you know and uh, you know thinking back on my own life, um, you know I'm very strong in math, but I'm also musical at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I can definitely uh, see, and I didn't even know that they were even correlating when I was growing up, you know. But I was getting strong as I got more as the music I played and went on some got more complex. Um, my math skills were, were really getting stronger and deeper at the same time. Are you quitting your job to become a a rapper? <laughs> well, we'll see how the sales Uh-oh. go. We'll Uh-oh. see how the sales Don't go. Don't quit your day job. Don't quit your day. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm going to be a free, a free spiriting, spirited rapper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MC Davey Dave, I'm telling you. And if you don't I will say, okay. and if you don't know, now you know <laughs> what y'all know about that all right i'm done <laughs> michael what were you gonna say <laughs> that's I'm an 80 like, do i want to say anything? michael michael that, that, that's an ADD me coming out that's the, this is the ADD coming yeah, to me right now you're gonna be jamming on the ones yes sir ones, yes you. sir <laughs> but i was going to say that with i have a lot of students that show their their scientific I, a lot of scientists and engineers also tend to be gifted you know Musically, you see that quite often. Hmm. And if you do like Eminem, I mean, one of the things that he said once, like he was telling an anecdote of how somebody said, you can't rhyme anything with orange. He was just like, man, that made me mad is what he said. It it pissed me off. Excuse me, everybody. But (laughs) It's the family show. The family show. Well, for Eminem, that's pretty tame. That's pretty tame. That's what he said. But and then he said orange and he started saying like four inch porridge storage. He started throwing out all these words, you know. And so I just thought, the way he was able to break that down and, and really help the, 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 whoever he was talking to to analyze it from language side and from a mathematical perspective, it's pretty awesome. And if you like his music, go check out NF. Free shout out to him. He sounds a lot like Eminem. Oh, yeah, he does. But it's all, you know, clean. Yeah, yes. I heard an interview with, uh, uh, who were we just talking about? Eminem. Eminem, good gravy. Um, but that he studies the <laughs> dictionary. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, that I'm I'm always just fascinated by him because his his um 
His rhymes are pretty amazing. Now, actually, now, now Denise always knows. I always have a question that is always off the script, and she hates this. Um, but a question I, I wanted to ask you guys is: Now, I know you guys do more formal, um, you know, reading, sight reading. Um, but mm-hmm. can you talk about the benefits of improvisation? It's so good that you just asked that, actually, because um, somebody online had a similar question that I was getting ready to get yeah. to. He just said, well, I'll, um, I'll speak about that. Go ahead. What's the question? His question, though, is very similar to yours. What weight, if any, do you put on jamming with other musicians when learning to play an mm-hmm. instrument? Mm. Yay. Uh, look at that. So I will tell you personally a little bit about my background. When I was a child, I was very strictly classically trained. I only knew how to play classical music. And when I was a freshman in high school, I went into a competition, a piano competition, and I played. And the the judge asked me to come up to speak to him afterwards. And he said, you are a, a dynamic classical pianist. But do you know how to improv? And do you mm. know how to play by ear? And I looked back at him and I said, no. And he said, music is going to be your life. Figure out how to get the other two thirds to the piece of the pieces of the puzzle. Wow. And um, that was who I enrolled with the very next week. That is my mentor, Allison Snyder. Wow. um, Who changed my life in so many ways. And, um, And I began taking with him. And as a freshman in high school, that was when I finally learned how to improv. And as a professional pianist, I will tell you that nine times out of 10, when I'm hired, I'm improving. Nobody gives me any music to read. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I'm improving at church. I'm improving for any, any gig that I'm playing. Um, and unless I'm entertaining somebody with classical music or possibly at a wedding, I'm improving. So as a teacher, I look at it the same way that, that um, my instructor mentioned to me, it's, it's a pie, use this up here. One third is knowing how to read your music. Another third is knowing how to improv. Another third is knowing how to, we say play by ear, but I call it aural skills in college. We call mm-hmm. it aural skills mm-hmm. um, that we learn. And so for my students, I give them a foundation in learning how to read the music. Mm-hmm. They get that foundation and have gotten to the point that they understand the theory behind it, then I take them into improvisation and aural skills. So um, it's done in an orderly manner so that we are able to get it all uh, get it all in. But I find it very important, unless somebody really does not like improv for some reason, I really like for them to learn to improv mm-hmm. because I feel like that is what makes me a marketable pianist. Um, And it's uh, the majority of what of what we do. So that makes me a little unique from other music teachers, because the majority um, of my colleagues don't teach improvisation. Yeah. So it's it's across across the board. It's very different. Um, One of the attributes that most employees say that is important to them is their prospective employees ability to be creative. Do you think that the creativity that you guys are talking about, improvisational skills and things like that, do you think they transfer transfer over into other areas and strengthening your creativity in that way? I absolutely agree with that. Yes, it does. Because what 
what Rondi is, is referring to is the ability to think on the fly, the ability yes. to problem solve. She mentioned that before, right? Because there are some things that pop up you've never seen before, right? So if you're only used to sticking to the script, then you're going to get to a point where you don't know what to do because nobody's giving you a playbook, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got to have the ability to switch gears or to pivot and sometimes in work situations as well. And so the times I found that I grew the most is when I was jamming with somebody, right? Like, okay. And then I said, what are you doing, right? And I've <laughs> never heard it before, right? And so he kind of might show me or she might show me what she's doing. And I learned how to incorporate that. All of us have been influenced by somebody in our musical journey. Like some of my favorite artists, Stevie Wonder, Brian McKnight, right? You know, people like that. Israel Holden, you know, some of the things he does. And just blending all those styles together is what turns you into who you are. And so being able to explore both sides, because I've seen musicians that are stuck on one side where they can only read classical, and I've seen the ones that can only play by ear. Mm -hmm. But you say, okay, great, well, change key and put me in A flat. Like, well, I don't know how to do that, right? What are you talking about? Right. So you're mm -hmm. stuck on both sides. You've got to have a little bit of wow. both, and I definitely teach from both perspectives. You know, Absolutely, absolutely. I did want to also say one thing that we do at the Studio of Music is when kids get old enough to, and to the point where they can improv well enough, we give them the opportunity to be in rock bands mm -hmm. um, where we put the students together, same level, uh, keyboard, drums, bass, guitar, vocalist, and let them start to jam and get used to that so that they can do that when they'd like. It's a really great skill to have. You know, and just bringing the academic side of it. So as a math teacher, um, you know, I teach um, algebra one and geometry. And so I teach them the foundational rules. You have to have a foundation, right? And just like in music, you have to know how to play. You have to know how to read music. Um, but what I see is that many kids, especially when I coach high school students, is that when I get when I get them up to SAT and ACT level questions, where they're more complex, it's based upon the same foundations. They don't know what to do with it. They'll stay. They'll stare at a problem and they have everything they need, but they don't know how to mix it and change it on the fly. And so um, I have to teach them how to take what they've already learned and then manipulate it to create something new, to come up with a new solution that they never thought before. And that's what happens when you improvise. You, you have a foundation that's laid in the music with the sight reading and notes, but then you're creating something new that's based on the foundation, but it is manipulated into creating something that has never been seen before or heard before. And it's all done very quickly as well and so th those are some great correlations because i see it all the time in math and i call it you know, leveling up um and taking my kids okay, the state says you have to know this but sat says you have to know this now what you going to do between that and here and i have my kids you no know, scratching their heads and like good then i have to teach them how to create out to get out of the box to get to a new solution <laughs> that's awesome and i think you see that in english too when i taught language arts of course you teach grammar skills right but then I love teaching poetry because I would, instead of using all the stuff out of the book, like they subscribed, I would use songs, first of all. And then songs, sometimes the students would choose, right? Like we listened to Waterfalls by TLC, <laughs> Family Portrait, like Dream On by Aerosmith. So they're just like being exposed to all these different styles of music. But now I'm saying, now you've learned these rules in grammar. Now we get to break them because we're talking about poetry. Because why would you do that? Well, it's because I'm trying to make this point. I'm trying to do this. So now they get the creative side of it. It works in language. It works in math. It's just the same. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that Very vocal true. education, vocal music education is just as beneficial academically as instrumental music education? Because like I was saying, you know, I'm just a vocalist. I'm putting that in quotes. And so I'm not having to do <laughs> too many things at once. But uh, anyway, what's your what's your, what are your thoughts about that? Yes. Well, there's no just vocal. <laughs> there's no just vocal. Um, with the with the exception of the one thing that I mentioned, the hand-eye coordination that we can get more so with an instrument that you're using your hands with. Um, there's huge benefits to vocal education for so for those people who have a child that isn't necessarily wanting to grab a band instrument or isn't wanting to pick up an orchestra instrument and have to practice, join the school choir. You can get some benefits that way. Um, Use those, uh, use all of that time. You don't have to perform by yourself as a solo and, um, and learn all of these things and exercise your brain in that way. Mm. Yeah. You touched on a little bit earlier, Rondi, the uh, impact of, music education on behavior. Let's talk a little bit a bit more about that because there's there's so much I see so many benefits in, you know, mm-hmm. learning to work as a team and other things like that. What what kind of things have you seen? Well, um music can be very calming. Mm. I have I've had because of the prevalence of ADHD and the prevalence of or prevalence of um, autism spectrum disorder. We have plenty of those that have come through or are taking lessons. And universally across the board, I can say that these kids may have a hard time sitting for school, but they don't when they're sitting for their piano lesson. Wow. It's very, very interesting. I've had parents that were just shocked to see that their child was, the way that the brain was engaging that child, he or she was sitting calmly on the bench (laughs) and sat through the whole lesson and was still sitting nicely at the end of the lesson. So um, I will say as an instructor, I use positive reinforcement with all my students and for sure that helps with them. But um, when your brain is engaging in music, whatever kind of music it is, it is a calming thing. So that's why we recommend you know, mothers who are pregnant to listen to music when, um, when they're pregnant. So the baby that's developing can be exposed to it. Or when you've got your, your first newborn or second newborn, you know, to be playing music as they grow. Um, it's all very, very beneficial for, for the brain, for development and for behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing, you know, DJ, my oldest, who's almost 13 i keep trying to make him 13 already next month um he (laughs) is in choir right now and his teacher has them listen to all genres of music he had um an assignment with a choir that was singing an old negro spiritual at one point she does all sorts of music and so i think that that's another benefit of music education is that it can help you to grow uh, empathy so- towards other cultures and start to understand different types of people. What do you guys think about that? I think to that point, and I'm glad you touched on it. I was going to say something we haven't really talked as much now that we're getting to the behavioral side. There's the social emotional aspect, you know, mm-hmm. with the young men that I'm mentoring, they need to know that they are special. They need to understand that they are valued, that they have a skill, a strength, a talent, whatever that may be. And in music, a child gets to discover the things that they didn't know that they could do, right? 
Um, but I, I have taught students, like I said, with the poetry, you know, we did every type of genre and I made them do it. And so the students I work with are mostly like, you know, in the quote unquote urban area, right? Kind of a low income title one school type situation. And so most of them, most of them now only know hip hop, R&B, rap, right? But when I expose them to alternative, to reggae, to folk, to country, to rock, to blues, to jazz, right? And then I start showing them hip hop tracks that have those elements. And they're just like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there. Mm. I know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they start to open up their horizons and that just opens up their exposure to new things. And there's so many benefits to be said about the, the uh, emotional and the cultural aspect of what music is. Because when you can come to a person and speak their language, so to speak, now you're connecting to their heart. Now you've opened yourself up to, to grow in other ways that you couldn't have before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I will add, you know, when I was in high school, one of the really cool things that I was able to do was to travel to Russia, to Moscow, um, with a a group of my friends who were also musicians, and we performed over there. And the songs that we learned to perform, some of them were very Texan because we wanted to show... (laughs) deep in the heart of Texas, you know, show who we were. But we also learned their cultural songs and how to try to pronounce those words. And, um, and we sung them as well. So I just, that's what I think of when I think of crossing the cultural barrier there with music. And I also wanted to mention that, you know, as we're in this unique time with COVID, Um, And mental health and students Mm -hmm. is such an issue that every educator is having to deal with, every parent is having to deal with. Um, I found my students needing their piano lesson more than ever or their Mm -hmm. vocal lesson or their guitar lesson or drums or whatever they're taking. Um, They might be at home and not going to school in person, but they really, really are looking forward to that time that we spend together. It Mm -hmm. may be on a virtual platform. It may be in person. Um, But it's right now, it's more important than ever for them to have this outlet. Right. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I want to, I I thought of uh, something that um, ties directly into what we're saying here in that um, I was, um, I, I love I love worship, uh, but I, I don't like traditional worship as what you would see on a Sunday morning per se. I love worship through hip hop, and 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 for me, it's just as sacred and just as um, honoring God honoring as what I would hear on a Sunday morning. But I I don't hear that necessarily, um, but. This this is how I get into uh you presence know right to the presence of the Lord through through hip hop and, and it is just as theologically sound and biblically sound as everything else. Uh but then on another note, um if you haven't seen the movie yet, I would encourage every parent to oh, watch Trolls so World Tour. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going. No. <laughs> well, where do you think I was going? <laughs> Me either. Soul. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, due to the to the cultural uh, aspects of it. Oh, okay. So, Trolls World Tour, if you haven't seen it yet, um, it is basically there's the trolls, and then they found out there are other trolls in different parts, and then they said, no, we don't interact with those trolls, um, and they all have their own musical genres. So there's the pop, there's the pop trolls, and then there's the jazz trolls, and then there's the rock trolls, and there are all these different types of trolls around the the the, the kingdom. But one group of trolls basically decided that their version of music, rock, was the only way 
that you can um, play music. And so they're on a quest to snuff out all the other different genres of music. It's a fascinating movie. And it's not just talking about the cultural standpoint. Of it, but I mean, there's, there's racial ties in there as well. Um, but it, 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 it digs into how we can really learn and appreciate other people mm-hmm. by exploring music. Music is an expression of who we are as a people, but it also helps you to understand where other people are coming from. And we all, we kind of get all into our little corners and we, you know, snuff our nose to other people if we don't do things like they do and stuff like that. And so I would encourage every parent, if you haven't seen it, go watch Trolls World Tour. It's a great soundtrack as well. Um, but it can help us to, I think music a lot of times can break down barriers yeah. Um, yeah. in many different ways so we can understand and appreciate each other more. And Lord knows we need that right now. You know what? I hated country music until I discovered, and you've never heard me say this before. I know you haven't. Reba McIntyre. I Reba? love her so much. Yes, one of my friends. <laughs> oh, no. I know you didn't know this. But one of my friends introduced me to her song, Fancy. And she, it's a great storyteller's sort of song. She's yeah. talking about how she was raised by... Um, um, her mama raised her and then she couldn't they were really poor she couldn't afford her and she kind of gave you know maybe I shouldn't be saying all these things but she kind of gave her to the man this man who would marry her off and, and anyway but yeah oh. I, I know it sounds awful <laughs> I knew I should, as it was coming out of my mouth I knew I shouldn't have been saying it but um, but anyway so um, but it introduced me to a different kind of country and um, I really appreciate um, country as a result of Reba McIntyre Oh, wow! No. Yeah, you didn't know. I know that, you didn't know. That reminds me of an Andy Mineo song. First yes, song. you yeah, know but, what I'm but, talking but, about, but, right, but, babe? Like, what <laughs> yes, I know what you're about so, to say. Go on. Uh, I, it's anything but country is the name yes. of the song, right? Go check it out. It's a great track, <laughs> and it talks about him opening up his mind to what he thought. No, I'll never like that, right? But I encourage my students to always open up to to try to listen to something even if you don't think you like it if, if you listen to it and you still decide you don't like it fine but at least you listen to it right and then yeah. it never fails they end up catching something that they didn't expect that they would like and there's just something about that uh, as far as it comes to to embracing other cultures or at least being open to to hear what other people have to share because again it's about connecting to people's hearts and not necessarily about you being right all the time mm, and what a what a great opportunity and i know somebody already said this but i just kind of want to even say it, um, emphasis on that more. Um, just right now, there's so so much lack of understanding of one another, um, you know, down political aisles or uh, or down the political aisle or um, Racial. culturally, racially, all those things. And to be able to have music as something that um, binds us and brings us closer together, um, and it's easy to do. You can just you know turn it on turn on spotify and and listen to another perspective of something rather than just be in your own bubble mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um so many schools have eliminated music education uh, or some schools not maybe not many schools so what options do parents have that uh to involve their kids in music outside of school i know you, you know you guys teach privately so you, mm-hmm. you can start there <laughs> Yes, for sure. I mean, I would, the, the, the best answer to that is to reach out and find um, a music educator locally so that your child can take lessons. But I will say that in the absence of being able to provide that, 
There are also a lot of community programs like community theater mm. um, that somebody can reach out and become a part of um, and still be able to grow with music, even if uh, it's not as budget friendly. Um, I would also encourage even the parent who feels like private lessons would be outside of their budget to reach out to your local instructor because we do have programs um, that provide scholarship opportunities to students who are wanting to, to study and who don't have the means to be able to do so. Um, that is um, by far an important step that parents should take while trying to pursue music education for their children. Mm -hmm. And I'll point out on that same note that definitely look around because you, you don't know there's some programs that are just kind of hidden and you don't really know. Check your local libraries. Here in Houston, there's one uh, nonprofit called Young Audiences and they do a lot of different workshops and events and many of them are free. And to be just kind of honest, there's a nonprofit I work with and with my business partner and we're our goal is to start raising money and grant money and things of that nature so we can teach lessons to those who don't have the money they think to afford it right because for some of my students that i work with at my job you know 96 dollars a month is too much still mm -hmm. for them right they might only be able to afford 10 or 20 dollars a month if that and so if somebody sponsors that child you know there are resources out there because there's plenty of people who i've spoken with say hey just let me know i'll sponsor a child because that's not mm -hmm. you know we sometimes blow a hundred dollars a month on Starbucks or on eating Ooh. out or whatever. And so just, just look out for those resources and try to, you know, check in with your city government, check in with uh, wherever you can. Yeah. Yes. And I'll, one that I will um, let parents know about is called Music Link. Music Link, you can look up um, online. And a lot of us music teachers do work through Music Link and, um, and they provide the funding for the private lessons. Nice. So that's an option as well. Nice. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to uh, also add that um, you know, there are ways. So, for example, I am uh, well. It's not the in the formal way, but you know, maybe for people who uh, alternative routes you could do is learning. For example, I'm I'm starting to a little bit play with GarageBand on on Apple. <laughs> no, and I know it's not it's not you know formal you know everything, but. It's teaching me, you know, how to get beats and rhythms together, then adding them, putting, laying a musical you know, track over it and just learning how to work there. And you know, it's not quite the same. Uh, but and also, like, I have a student uh, at my school who he he does music track beats. And um, we were struggling with him learning some of the algebra last year. Um, and we were, we were really kind of going, you know, there, there were some ups and downs we had there. But then I gave him an algebra project based on beats. Wow, dear. And he just took off because mm. I showed him the algebra of music and he really got into it as well. Um, so, you know, there may be some opportunities if there are any educators out there for some project based learning that's, that's driven by music um, as right. well. Uh, but there, there are other ways to incorporate music um, uh, as well. I'm not saying everyone run to, you know, figure out how to do garage band because I'm probably going to be at, at it for a minute here. <laughs> uh, but, but that, but that, you know, the, you know, people are learning beats and they're learning how to create music as well. So there is the you know traditional route and the instrumental route, which you know, I definitely you know, benefited from. Um, and there are other creative ways as well. Um, and so, and I'll encourage, you know, everyone to explore what those are and, and get into it and just to get out of the academic mode. Cause right now, like, you know, just kids are just zombies on these, you know, on these uh, you know zoom meetings and and microsoft teams and you know it just it gets you to a whole nother world it just it, it gets you you know it gets your mind to go somewhere else that 
it doesn't go all day long. So I definitely see the benefit of it. Hmm. And well, and a, a couple of really quick tips for any parent right now. One is play music in your home, mm-hmm. any type of music, whatever mm-hmm. you like, whatever you don't like, whatever your child might know, what they don't know, just play music in your home. And number two would be if you have a child who happens to be ADHD or isn't concentrating, or maybe they're not really gelling with online school, um, whatever the situation may be, try and give them a set of headphones and ask them to listen to music while they're taking that test. Um, what kind of, can 10, we, can we qualify that? What kind of music? <laughs> classical or jazz is what I would suggest. We don't <laughs> want them jamming out we hard. We don't really want m M&M. Yeah, we don't want playing m M&M during the test. No, 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 no. I would say classical <laughs> or jazz or worship music, something that is instrumental, maybe, um, something that, they're not going to be distracted by, <laughs> but it just gives them that background. And nine times out of 10 kids test better with music playing than they do without music playing. That's the same thing with um, studying too. studying the music. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that help mm-hmm. you? Absolutely. Yeah. Because the words, our brains are meaning makers. Like uh, I always shout out this book because I love it so much. It's called Worksheets Don't Grow Dendrites. It's a great resource for teachers. And it talks about music and storytelling and how our brains are wired. Our brains are wired for music. And so if you put on music, it's going to instantly energize us, right? Mm-hmm. But the words can distract us because we want to make meaning out of what we're hearing. So that's why, you know, just like Rhonda, I would suggest instrumental music, but something mm-hmm. soothing, something relaxing, uh, as long as it has, you know, uh, an element that just kind of keeps them relaxed and focused. Um, Spencer Lightsey online said chill hop is great for background music while working and I guess while studying. Where do we find chill hop? Spencer, put that in the chat. (laughs) Chillhop.com. Bam. Are you being serious? (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? It's chillhop.com? That makes sense. sense. If I'm a little off, Google it. I'm going right now. I'm going to check it out. He just put a YouTube. We can't get to the YouTube link if they're listening to the podcast. You have to say later, more words. Later, later. Okay. Later. You, you know, what actually, down for your notes. Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> I will say this as well, um, just as another tip. Um, I know I mentioned a few weeks back, uh, but Flowcabulary. Uh, Flowcabulary is another great website to learn academic concepts Academic concepts to overwrap. And so it's teaching mm-hmm. about history and about math and about rules, uh, but they put it to a beat. Now, you know, it's no, not what you hear on the radio per se, but it is pretty good and they're very creative with it as well so you can uh on the flip side you don't want to you know while you're taking a test use it but at the same time you can definitely use it while you are trying to learn concepts as well so it can really be beneficial in learning academic content yeah, yeah flow vocabulary oh sorry no go ahead not just saying my kids have learned uh, like all their skip counting with these songs on mm-hmm. uh youtube and everything yeah. like that and we all know that songs are mnemonic devices just yep. by themselves. Like we all learned our alphabets and using a song, right? Mm-hmm. So Well, and I would interject really quickly, you know, uh, when I work with kiddos that are on the spectrum, autism spectrum, um, all of that is even more important. They learn with music. And so I not, not only teach them to play music, but also teach them about music and other things through using music as a tool so okay uh to answer to answer our question that chill hop is um on youtube 
and he gave us a uh, if you're listening to the podcast you should go to um, our Facebook page Noggin Educational Foundation and find this video because there's some links to different things um, in the chat that some of our listeners have given us oh that's awesome yeah um, there was one more question I wanted to ask and it's not coming to my head oh I know the question the question is um, David are you still going to do your uh, performance <laughs> For us before we leave. We didn't know it was a performance. Why, why, well, I felt it coming. Yes. Why, why, why yes, dear. I, I, I sure will. So, see, it was. Just tell me that you didn't bring a recorder. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not going to pull out anything but myself. And this is something, and I honestly, I do this all the time. My wife would say this. She hears it. My kids hear it all the time. And I'm still just musically, I love beats. I'm frightened. So, beats <laughs> reminds me. Of, oh yeah, beatbox. What? Did somebody say beatboxing? Oh. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ready? Oh no. Ready, babe? Yeah. Let me put my finger on the fader here. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to put spit in the microphones. Let me put this back just a little bit right here. Okay. Ready? Oh lord. One, two, three. Here we go. <laughs> Studio of music. Yeah, this is if you want beatbox lessons, contact me MC and I got Dave. you. There you go. <laughs> That's one lesson I don't offer. <laughs> we can do Lottie Dottie. What, 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 what you want? You uh -oh. want the fat boys? Don't get me started on Lottie Dottie. Fat boys? You oh, want you I want didn't. the skinny boys? Y'all y'all know about the skinny boys? What you know about the skinny boys? Exactly. Look up the skinny boys and their beatboxing. They were they were better than the fat boys. For Wait, sure. You're getting some love online, dear. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting some I love, love all y'all. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Take a bow. All right. Well, we are out of time. Oh man. <laughs> we want to say thank you to Rondi <laughs> Allen and L. Michael Scott. Thank you so much for your insight. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you for having us. All right. Thank you. So Noggin, Education, uh, Noggin Educational Foundation is the premier sponsor of School Days. So we always want to let you know what's happening with Noggin. We currently are taking applications for two of our programs. Noggin offers 12 hours of free tutoring, private tutoring to students through our educational coaching program. And also through our ARD advocacy program, parents receive support in securing services and accommodations their kids need at school for learning disabilities or for special needs. And actually, Rondi Allen is one of our ARD advocates. So she is a, a big supporter of Noggin Educational Foundation. And with the closure of schools and distance learning, the education gap for low income students has widened and the one-on-one -on -one intervention we provide is so vital. So see our website, Noggin Education or NogginFoundation.org or email me at Danita at NogginFoundation.org for more information. In two weeks, uh, we are going to welcome our guest, Daryl Hughes, who's the CEO of game development company 
Hughes Who Technologies, Dr. Mary Payton, who's a STEM teacher and the host of a radio show called All About STEM Radio, and Dr. Tanya Grimble, who's the Senior Association Director of Teen Programs for the Irving Family YMCA. And they're going to share with us about the many ways kids are getting involved in coding and the benefits it provides to students. So don't forget to tell your parent friends about that one. And as always, head to our website, schooldazedshow.com for more information about all that we're doing and the resources mentioned on school days. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, <laughs> Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Audible, and pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast yeah improvisation <laughs> and don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at noggin foundation that's n-o-g-g-i-n-n last but not least we always want to end the show by saying that david and i are parenting by grace we depend on god to give us the wisdom and strength that we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults and if you would like to know more about that please feel free to email me at info at schooldaysshow.com have a great week and stay safe. School Dazed is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Dazed is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.